Welcome to Ride With Us, presented by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, the world's largest ride enthusiast organization dedicated to the appreciation, promotion, and preservation of roller coasters across the globe. Please keep your hands and feet inside the podcast at all times as we welcome your host, Jessica Gardner and John Davidson. Hey, everyone. It's Jessica. As you know, every month I fill you in on the exciting ACE events coming up. And this month we'll be talking about the events coming up in May. But before we do, we're going to take a look back at two recent ACE events, Coaster Bash and the great nor'easter. Now, I wasn't there, but I am lucky enough to have someone with me who was. It's Ace's Facebook coordinator. Welcome, Adam Napotnik. Adam, welcome to Ride With Us. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Jessica? Doing really well. I want to get to know you a little bit more. We've never met before. Uh, where are you from? So I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I currently live in North Attleboro, Massachusetts, which is just like 20 minutes north of Providence, 40 minutes south of Boston. Uh, just moved here. My girlfriend's originally from here, which is how I ended up here. Nice. I'm from Rhode Island myself. So uh, originally, so I know right where North Attleboro is. Uh, so what would you consider your home park then? I guess so, now you're Six Flags New England. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like Six Flags New England's 90 minutes, Canopy's 65 minutes, and Compounds is like an hour and a half. So like any of the, like the triangle of major <laughs> New England parks could all be qualified. But you're from Pennsylvania, so what got you into coasters? You've got a lot of so, good ones over there. Yeah, so I used to be terrified of roller coasters. I'm sure you've heard that a few times. Mm -hmm. um, and my mom and I, we spent a lot of time together. My parents were divorced. So my mom was the big amusement park person. So we would go to Kennywood. That was my home park for most of my life. And she would get me to ride things by kind of incentivizing me. Like, oh, we can do this. Or well, you can get a shirt. You can do this kind of thing if you ride so many new things a season. Oh, she and would ride probably, you. Yeah, yeah, essentially. <laughs> and like 10 11 12 in that ballpark it just clicked for me and I like I've never stopped and like the love probably came in that range and then we learned about ace and ever since you know we've just kind of ran with it awesome so how long have you been an ace member this is my 14th year I joined in 2010 nice and when did you start being the ace uh Facebook coordinator so I took over last September officially. I had been working on it with Bill for the past few years when I was the ACE CARES coordinator. He gave me the ability Bill. to just kind of like Lincolnheimer, sorry. Mm -hmm. He was our former social media manager and he also was the Facebook manager. And I had access to just run ACE CARES things, run like the ACE CARES events that you see on Facebook. And then it was kind of an easy transition once they decided I would become the Facebook manager after Bill to just slowly kind of learn from him. And then I really took it over once Derek Perry switched over to communications and Elizabeth switched over to president and all that stuff kind of happened in September. Very cool. Yep. A lot, a lot of names there. Elizabeth Ringus, Derek Perry. Yes. I know. We know all those names. That's great. Um, so tell me what the ACE Facebook coordinator does. So I have a team of a couple different people who all have different roles. So there's somebody who runs my events specifically, and I have someone who is, he's honestly my editor because I'm dyslexic and I type a thousand miles a minute. So he's the one who looks over stuff before it gets posted. He's like, hey, you don't know how to spell things. And I'm like, you're, you're right. Um, but I do a lot of the backlogging stuff. So besides the posts, like we're always trying to build the page and get more followers to the page. So it's a lot of 
going through posts, let's say two or three days after they're posted and looking at all the comments and looking through who likes the page and who needs to be invited, whether they're members or new members or people who just followed it or stumbled upon posts. So it's a lot of backlogging and reading the algorithm and uh, working to just keep the page updated with all the information that we're constantly getting from parks and even within ACE. Wow. So you're saying that even non-ACE members can be part of the Facebook page? Yeah, we have. So we have about 35,000 followers. We just passed that a couple weeks ago and we only have 7,000 members. So there's a big following of non-members. And then there's posts like we just had a couple posts recently for media days go over 150,000 people reach or 200,000 people reach. And a lot of people who shared it were non-members so they get invited to the page they usually like the page and then you know we kind of try to entice them to become members they should all be members that's why i always say that (laughs) i always anytime i post about an event i kind of have a bottom part where it's like not an ace member then there's usually something in parentheses and i'm like i'm pretty sure we've talked about this enough you should be a member Good for you. Well, you're you're doing great work over there, Adam. Thank you so much you. Um, for all of your volunteering. Uh, and if anybody isn't part of the Facebook page yet, look it up, Ride With Ace on Facebook. Just put that in the search bar, right? That'll come right up or is it? Yeah, it'll, it'll, I think it'll just come up as American Coaster Enthusiast. Okay. And then all the regional pages are either Ace and then the regional page or American Coaster Enthusiasts, and then the regional page. And all the regional pages are linked to the national page. So you can kind of, wherever you live, say you live in Pennsylvania, on the eastern side, you're in Philadelphia. Let's just use that as the example. You can find Ace Eastern Pennsylvania's region right off the national Facebook. Awesome. And I think that's so great. And everybody should be part of that. Also, I feel like you see um, all of the events on there that I'm always talking about on the ACE uh, website, but seeing them on your Facebook page is just a good reminder of when registrations open and things like that um, and what's going on uh, in your area. So yeah, if you're not already on the Facebook page, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. Anything else you want everybody to know about the Facebook page, Adam? Uh, just be on the lookout, obviously, for all the information on CoasterCon coming up. Um, yeah. We just had the tentative schedule released yesterday, and it blew up on social media. People talking about it left and right because that's what everybody cares about at first. But there's so much more that goes into that schedule. Like we're just essentially seeing what kind of tours you have, when are the meals, maybe, and then what are we riding before and after the park closes during ERT. But there's going to be so many other things plugged in and we're going to have registration options and and t-shirts and the banquet and all of these things that people can be a part of. So be on the lookout for all of those things probably in the next month or so as we really kind of ramp up towards CoasterCon. Yes, I think by the time that this episode airs, uh, registration is open. So get on there if you haven't already and check out that schedule um, and get excited. Oh, I can't wait. It's so sad. Yeah, it's going to be, this is going to be an amazing, (laughs) amazing CoasterCon. But let's go back because we have to talk about these events that you are here to tell us about that you got to go to. Uh, They're both on the East Coast. Let's start with the one that happened first. This was in early March and it was Coaster Bash. Now, my understanding is uh, this was exciting specifically. I mean, this is in its, I think, 34th year, but the past two years, 
it was it not it, it was a, it said i remember the event calendar said after two challenging years it's back to normal do you so what happened over the past two years yeah so because of covid so i'll, I'll take you back even before covid started so 2020 we had coaster bash it's always supposed to be the first saturday in march and we had it on march 5th 6th whatever it was of 2020. so we had it just to give you a little timeline of Oof. like how this all played out we had the event saturday i went on spring break for college sunday i flew down to florida i was at bush gardens tampa on tuesday to see the rmc guys get their first rides on iron guazi at the time because it was supposed to open i think three weeks after we yes. were there and by that wednesday night was when the first cases and i think it was like the nba and the nhl came out and that was yep. when the world kind of really started to shut down so we had we literally snuck the event in right before the whole world kind of fell apart wow. and then so the next two years, so 2021, we were trying to figure out how to do it. We had a lot of members who were afraid to be in an indoor space still. And we were trying to figure out how do we deal with masks? How do you deal with this? All of these things. So we came up with the conclusion of we're going to have it at Kennywood. And so we did. It was in early May last year. We had it at Kennywood. We had it in a big open air pavilion. Uh, we actually had ERT on the Jackrabbit, which is the first time ever obviously a coaster bash we had a live ERT and that had its own set of challenges with the weather and the wind and giving presentations in a pavilion and not in a building but it was a very cool experience from what I remember all that times kind of a whirlwind yeah. it feels like now <laughs> and then last year it was delayed we had it around I think it was Easter weekend and I don't exactly remember what the reason was that it got pushed back it might have been a COVID issue it might have been something else but it was an unusual time for us to have it and it was less attended than it normally is I remember how much space felt like we had in there in the big room we have it's a huge huge dining room because it was Easter weekend. So a lot of people had plans on Sunday, so they couldn't make it the Saturday before. So this was the first time back since right before COVID that we had it on the Saturday, the first Saturday in March, and it was normal and it felt like normal Coaster Bash again. So for someone who has never been to or heard of Coaster Bash, 34 years strong here, what, what is it? Well, how would you describe it? So it's one of the, I say we have five major winter events every year and Coaster Bash is absolutely one of them. And it's very based in park presentations and ACE presentations. So we have, all of them are a little bit different, but for Coaster Bash specifically, we have a couple hours for social hour, and then we have three hours of presentations. And then we have an hour for dinner, and then we have three more hours of presentations. Wow. So you have plenty of time to mingle with your friends and you can sit wherever you want and hang out and move around and you get some phenomenal information presentations gifts there's auction items all these things but you get to kind of interact and especially with the winter events they're usually held in places where we don't have parks open right. so this is a great chance to see your friends who you haven't seen some of them for three four or five months for sure and so it's in pittsburgh yes it's uh down in it's called salvators and it's in the south hills of pennsylvania it's like 20 minutes south of pittsburgh 
it's a big like restaurant dining hall there's two huge huge areas normally there's a wedding going on in the other room while we're <laughs> doing coaster bash which is always fun Imagine because it's your wedding <laughs> well and i will say kenny kangaroo has also been known to crash a few weddings <laughs> which is amazing because if you're getting married in the South Hills of Pittsburgh, you're usually from Pittsburgh. So Kenny Kangaroo impromptu crashing your wedding in the middle of the reception. Like people, just go, people go crazy for it. Why this is so funny to me, but I'm just picturing I'm, like you're walking down the aisle and you turn around and there's a kangaroo. Yeah. There's a giant kangaroo or like you're just dancing and he's right next to you. Turn around and the kangaroo's dancing right next to you. And a bunch of people in ace shirts with swag like Yay. yeah like, yeah <laughs> congratulations yeah. Ooh, all right that was uh funny to me in my head all right so walk <laughs> all right all right so walk me through this year's coaster bash so we start officially the doors open at 1 45 so there's two from two to four is social hour and that means a bunch of different things for that time so we are one of the few winter events that has a whole bunch of different vendor stations so we have members who can sign up for vendor tables and they can sell let's say their things that they've bought over the years that are ace things or roller coaster things they we have a lot of photographers in western pennsylvania so they have their own tables where they have matted frame pictures that they sell Aww. we have a huge preservation table um we normally have the bake sale uh, but mike and janine matchers couldn't make it this year they usually are the ones who run it um and with covid we've been a little more leery of it the past few years yeah. but there's a lot going on in that time and there's about 200 plus people at this point in the room and you know so you're mingling with your friends you're kind of seeing everything play out and then 345 ish we'll start to give the warnings uh i also run lights at coaster bash so this is fun for me i kind of get to run back and forth throughout the night um i've done it for so long now that this waitress staff knows me when i walk back oh, there like cool. there's, there was a there was a new girl this year she was like who's that guy and they're like oh that's adam he runs the lights don't worry about him <laughs> so, so totally dark to start our presentations uh we have two video presentations one is a summary of all of the events that happened in western pennsylvania the previous year and obviously this year's was a little bit longer because we had a big video on CoasterCon. and then we have another video that i think has been going on as long as coaster bash has so 34 years now of the new coasters of whatever the previous year was so this year's ah. 2022 so it's just a little video summary no narration showing all of the new coasters that opened in the us in 2022 and normally the ones that are the most popular the most people have ridden get a big applause from the crowd very cool um so then we get into our first set of presentations so bill lincolnheimer who is the ace western pennsylvania rep always kind of gives the welcome he gives the Thank you to everybody. He has a big thing for volunteers for not only just Coaster Bash that day, all the setup people and everything, but his regional rep team and everybody who volunteers at the ACE national level. We do it at the beginning and at the end of the event. Then we go into our presentation. So this year we started with Steve Gorman from Waldemere up in Erie, Pennsylvania. And the things that Steve normally talks about this year, he didn't have a ton for us because he's working on their one big project, which is their new water coaster. 
which is a huge investment for the park. And he's extremely excited about it. But he was also at that point where he couldn't share a ton of information with us because he was still getting the Pennsylvania State Board to approve a lot of said things. <laughs> okay. Um, but one thing he always highlights is Waldemere does an incredible job every year of restoring Ravine Flyer 2. If you've ridden Ravine Flyer 2, it's coming up on its, this will be, I think it's 16th or 17th season. So it's getting up there in age for a wooden coaster, or let's say a modern wooden coaster. And they bring in Gravity Group and another company every year to, they run empty trains with all these sensors on them. And this is how they pick out the most problematic, stressful, whatever you want to call it, sections. And he shows us that process every oh, year. Cool. I would love to see that. Um, it, it's very interesting and like he has all of these spots and he actually brings normally one of the auction items is a cutout of ravine flyer track with all the wood layering and it, it's just a very extensive project but it, it's really something that they commit to every year and it's super nice to see that and steve's a phenomenal guy they're very ace friendly we host a regional event there every year and they did a phenomenal job they were pre-con this year for coaster con in 2022 which they did a phenomenal job um so he was our first presenter he's a great guy they didn't have a ton of information for us this year but the water coaster is a huge thing for them they have a great water park and then obviously their work every year to restore ravine flyer and keep it running is what i think is one of my favorite yeah. wooden coasters in the country so who is next so sam shergott from irm rides was there as our second presenter and he's given presentations in the past at coaster bash he's done them he works at maury's piers during the summer so he was a rep for maury's piers one of the early years i was a member it was like 2012 2013 and he's kind of popped in from time to time but now he's really taken on the irm project and i thought this was one of the most fascinating presentations of the day because he really gives life to, to rides that are getting moved from park to park and their website is fascinating because you go on and the nerd in me is always like huh what does a galaxy roller coaster go for and you see the price and you're like oh that's not bad and then you kind of think about the actual process of getting it and you're like i understand why people don't have these in their backyard <laughs> um but his presentation did have a little bit of some somberness to it because a big part of his job right now is the Joyland project. That is a full like cell job. Like he was talking about them moving benches and light fixtures. And I mean, so his job right now with Joyland is such an extensive project. Can you um, explain that for anybody who might not know what Joyland yeah, is? Yeah. So Joyland is a park in Lubbock, Texas, that is unfortunately closing after I think it's 60 years. Yeah. Um, there was originally a plan in place for it to stay open, but it fell through. So now they're really kind of liquidating the area. Uh, so that's the big project Sam said they're working on right now. To, their goal is to move everything that can be moved to other parks. And they've already started that. There are rides that have actually already been bought by other parks that are already in the process of being moved oh that's amazing that's yeah nice. they they do a really extensive job and and sam because he only has a team of like three or four other people working with him who they all kind of just work in the industry in different places different parks whatever that may be so when somebody needs something and they go to sam he he's lightning bolt fast on all right these are the things i have right now do any of these interest you? How can we make it happen? I mean, Sam could sell you something in 25 minutes if you gave him the opportunity to. Wow. 
Well, that's that was and he was emotional about it you're, you're saying yeah he's very passionate about the entire amusement industry like i said he works at maury's he's a very very friendly guy to ace he's always around for things and he's just a fascinating guy to talk to but yeah he was very somber about it because it, i mean it is a closing of a piece of amusement park history anytime we lose a park anytime we lose something we're losing a tiny little piece of the whole story of the industry and how it's developed. For sure. And the memories too, you know, from a yeah. personal standpoint. So, well, I'm glad yeah. to hear all the work that they're doing um, over at IRM. And while you were talking, I just opened up their website. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so interesting you see it. Because like I said, you see the ride, you see the price, and you're like, huh. And then you think about, wait, I have to put that on a trailer and bring it and yeah. do all the other things. And you're like, ah. Uh, now I understand. Can I get a permit for that? I don't right, know. <laughs> exactly. It does you're ready to like take a tape measure out and measure your backyard and be like, does that fit? I can't even put a gazebo in my backyard. Anyway, so right. <laughs> all right, who is next? So we actually then we take like a 10 minute break. We have a couple okay. little breaks in. And what we do at this point is we call door prize names. Ooh. So for anyone not familiar, door prizes, we have a family, the Lucas family. They every year store all of the door prizes and people bring things in the parks like put up special things like ticket packages and stuff like that and it, you're randomly selected so everybody at some point throughout the event will get a prize oh wow that's cool so we take like a 10 minute break or so there the bar reopens up so people can get drinks people can grab soda pitchers or whatever they want for the table as we get ready to go into the next step of presentations so the next presenter after that little break, uh, Knobles actually was, they jumped in as a surprise. They weren't on oh, our yay. schedule. Uh, Knobles was on the road. That's why they jumped in with us. They were traveling, I think, to Texas for something. I don't remember what it was, but it was funny to see the sons were on the Zoom with us. And then you heard Dick in the background when they'd mess up, he'd yell <laughs> something at them from like the back of the hotel room. Why am uh, I not they, surprised? <laughs> right, exactly. And he's like, wait, that's not right. And they both kind of turn around and look and they're like, oh yeah, maybe he's he's probably right. Uh, but they, again, uh, you know, Knobles does a phenomenal job maintaining their coasters. They're doing a lot of work on the Helix of Twister. Yeah. Uh, that was their big project this off season. And that was something that they really kind of highlighted with us. They also have a lot of anniversaries coming up this year. So they have the 60th anniversary of their legendary bumper cars. Uh, cool. But the big one coming up this year for them is it's the 50th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion. And if you've never been to Knobles, the Haunted Mansion at Knobles is phenomenal. One of the best dark rides in the country, in my opinion. And just to give a little shout out side here to Give Kids the World and Ace Cares, they are actually holding an auction right now on the Knobles page that if you donate a certain amount of money, you get like a certain amount of entries. They're taking 12 people on opening day through a full walkthrough tour of the Haunted Mansion with the Knoble family. Oh, um, epic. I think, yeah, I think it ends at the end of April. It's like three or four days before the opening day where they're going to do it in the morning before the park opens. So I, that'll be on Facebook at some point. So look out for that. But it's that's going to be incredible. So that's a big thing for them. And they're doing specialty food, specialty events for the Haunted Mansion. It's going to that's a huge deal for them. Oh, cool. And then the last thing that they we've already posted this on social media, but they confirmed it. They do have a flying coaster in their possession, which if you don't know what that is, that is essentially the kangaroo at Kennywood which 
as of now, is the only operating one in the world. Um, but Knobles does have one in their possession. They said, don't expect it anytime soon. They said, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. But it, it's something to kind of keep your eye on in the next two or three years because we might, you know, we might have a second one. So after Knobles. So we had the new ACE CARES team. So just a little background. I used to be the ACE CARES coordinator. I was the ACE CARES coordinator from 2019 to the beginning of this year. And I stepped down so I could pursue Facebook in a more forward way. So I, it, that became my major project for ACE. So that team gave their presentation this year. And it's always hard at the beginning of the year because uh, there's a lot of details that are still being worked out with park events but we are having a full schedule of coasting for kids for the first time since 2019. Wow. And a, obviously a large part of that was because of COVID, but also the other major thing last year was that they went on a bus tour. They really wanted to get back together with the former village alumni. So they did a bus tour to different parts throughout or different parts of the country throughout the year. Their biggest part, unfortunately, for ACE was either the week of CoasterCon or the week before CoasterCon. So we weren't as involved last year because we wanted to make sure that the that our major event was highlighted above anything else. CoasterCon is our number one thing. That is one of the things we're really known for, and we wanted to highlight that. So I'm really looking forward to this year and the new team kind of taking this in a different direction from the way I did it because they're getting a true fresh slate of events. They're gonna be throughout the summer. They start in, I think it's late May or early June and they'll run all the way through Labor Day. Those will all be on the website. Um, they talked about a couple other projects. Uh, we've talked for years about, let's say, having ACE be involved in like a food drive that involves ACE Cares or the 5Ks that parks hold. Mm -hmm. But because of COVID, those things got canceled. Now parks are kind of slowly bringing them back, cost cutting, all that kind of thing. So those are those are things that are in the works. And I know that Chris Leach, April Lucas and David Lipnicki are all doing really good things. They've all been involved with ACE Cares before. I know they're gonna do a great job, but they have a lot of other things coming down the pipeline. So look out for ACE Cares this year and in the next few years. Where can people find more information about ACE Cares? So the best place to do it is on all the social medias. So mainly Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're the ones that get a lot of the shared information. Um, because that's where a lot of the individual events will be posted. And then if you are a member, your regional Facebook pages will do a lot of promotion for their individual region events. So some of the big parks that have Coasting for Kids events this year will be Kennywood, Carowinds, Six Flags Fiesta, Texas, Adventureland in Iowa, Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. All of your regional reps, regional teams, regional pages will promote those events individually and obviously if you're in those regions those are the easiest ones for you to get to if the dates line up so just kind of be on the lookout for that but you can also either google give kids the world coasting for kids anything like that and you'll find their page where they have all the parks listed all the teams all the information and stuff like that awesome thank you all right who was next so we had a national ACE update from Bill Lincolnheimer stepping up once again to the podium. 
Uh, and that just kind of covers big things. So going into the new year, celebrating the 45th anniversary of ACE, the new logo, the new merch, CoasterCon stuff, uh, talking about a little bit about preservation uh, conference, just kind of the dates and showing the logo and throwing out that information. Um, there was a video from Elizabeth just, you know, thanking all the volunteers and giving, you know, her giving a little spiel just about what's upcoming for the summer. Ace President Elizabeth Ringus. Ace President Elizabeth <laughs> Ringus. Yes. Um, and then we moved on to uh, not a long presentation. I wouldn't even really call it a presentation, more of a Q&A with Chuck Groger. So he is the Conneaut Lake Area Historical Society Manager. Get that all to fit on a t-shirt. So <laughs> what is that? As a form, so as a former person from Western PA, we were just talking about Joyland. We did unfortunately lose a regional park a couple of years ago. We lost Conneaut Lake Park in early 2021, 2022, just from changes. And there was a fire on the Blue Streak, which was an ace oh, roller coaster landmark. Oh, yeah. So the past two years, year have been a lot of how can we keep the memory of Conneaut Lake Park alive? Mm -hmm. And Chuck runs the entire historical society for the area. And we were talking about just kind of Q&A back and forth with him about things he has from the park and how we can help them and things like that. And then actually we got into the conversation of two things were actually donated live at the event. So for those who had never been to Conneaut Lake Park, there was a video board that was made for Blue Streak when it reopened in 2010, 2011 time that was connected to the ride. So you'd watch the board and it would light up throughout where the coaster was. So it was like a painted mural of what the ride layout was. And wherever the train was, it lit up in that spot. And Chuck was talking and he goes, unfortunately, I don't have that. And somebody in the back of the room raised their hand and they're like, wait, I do. And Chuck oh. kind of looked at him. He's like, how do you have that? And he's like, don't ask questions. And then they explained how he actually got it through like an <laughs> auction and through friends and stuff who had worked at the park, kind of just joking it off. So that was donated. But then also the Ace Roller Coaster Landmark plaque for the Blue Streak is on permanent uh, donation to the museum. The big plaque that we put yeah. out front of mm -hmm. every landmark. We got that back when the park closed and now it will be on display at the Historical Society in Conneaut. Wow. First of all, shout out to that person in the back of the room who was honest. Right. Honestly, <laughs> he was, he was, I mean, it definitely surprised us. And I think that was something That's I can't, crazy. I don't remember a hundred percent, but that was something that Ace worked on with Conneaut Lake. We did a lot of work with them. Obviously we helped paint things and we did a big fundraiser for them in the early 2010s to get them new signs. And that was a place that was very near and dear to everybody. And Blue Streak was a yeah. great, great classic coaster so chuck's doing great work he's a super nice guy so anybody who's kind of you know going up and down 79 between kennywood and pittsburgh and waldemere or traveling to buffalo for their parks or cleveland stop in you'll get to see the blue streak plaque from the american coaster enthusiasts and learn a little bit about the history of the park oh very cool that's really neat i love a story like that and i think more closed parks should do things like that I, I yeah he it. yeah he was a very nice guy and he obviously very passionate about the area he's lived there his entire life 
uh, he was a really, really stellar guy. All right, we got to move on. Keep going through. There's so many people here. What a, yeah, what a yeah, day we, this was. It's a bit, it's a long day. So then we have the Ace Western Pennsylvania Industry Appreciation Award. So this award started about four or five years ago. It started as a way for us to give back to the great people who help Ace in our region in Western Pennsylvania. And this year's award's a little different because he didn't, he's not an active member of Western Pennsylvania, but he is a former active member of Western Pennsylvania. The award went to Jeff Felico, who is the marketing oh. communications manager at Fiesta Texas in San Antonio. And he's a very close friend of Ace Western Pennsylvania because he used to be Kenny Wood's public relations director before he worked at Six Flags Fiesta Texas. Oh, nice. So he's been a friend of Ace for years. That was a long time coming. Very, very deserved. Congrats. Um, yeah, he, uh, he's a great guy. It was awesome to see him win that award. And he had no idea which was the best part. Oh, nice. Um, so then we had dinner. Uh, we always have a big buffet of it's normally, you know, a little bit more of an upscale meal, not something that like you normally get at a park, because we obviously know you're we're going to get a ton of park food throughout the summer. Uh, so <laughs> this year we have we have a lemon chicken. We have um, we've had prime rib in the past. We had roast beef this year. Oh, pasta. Wow. It's very it's a very good meal. Salvatore's does a really, really great job. Um, so that's about an hour. And then we normally have a big live auction item. We do at some point in the night. We did this right at the tail end of dinner. It was a shirt through the years of Western Pennsylvania parks that was all cut out and turned into like a blanket. Oh, neat. Like, all, a quilt, like a t-shirt quilt? Yes, that's, a, that's exactly what it was. Um, cool. And this had 20, 25 different shirts from Kennywood and Ace events and all these things all put together. Wow. And all of that money that was raised obviously goes to preservation or the archives or something like that. Very cool. Do we know who got it? I can't remember who it was who got uh, all right. it. <laughs> do you know, do I you wish know I how had... much it went for? <laughs> I think it went for over $200. Yeah, I would think so. I bet yeah, that'd be we, a big item. Yeah, we have some, we'll get, you know, as you know, you'll get some expensive things and some people who yeah. are willing to spend some cash, which is awesome because it obviously goes to a good cause. I love it. I love, um, it. I love our community. We're all we're just all so great. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So then we get into this is a obviously the staple park of the night for a lot of people. Kennywood is always the first presentation post dinner. And they obviously had a lot to talk about, but they obviously also had a lot to review from the 2022 season. They were a CoasterCon host. They did a very large restoration of the park that's still in progress for this year. Uh, they've painted almost all of their major roller coasters or are in the process of painting them. They are working on revamping for the 2023 season, the pizza warehouse, which is famous to Kennywood. They are bringing back the Raging Rapids, which has been closed for the past few years. They were having, they needed to get new boats and get revamped boats. So they did that. They're getting that back. Um, and then they obviously showed us a little bit about Spinvasion, which is going to be their new flat ride for 2023. Uh, so they had a lot to show us. A lot of it was a review of last year talking about the new look for Kennywood and the new branding. And they talked obviously a lot about CoasterCon and thanking all of us for being there and being supportive. Amazing. They're working hard um, over there. Yeah, they're, they're always busy and they always have a lot to talk about. Uh, so then we got to... Uh, Melanie Schlitt, who is, she is the manager 
of Lakemont Park in Altoona, Pennsylvania. And that park is really famous for having Leap the Dips, which is an ace roller coaster landmark mm -hmm. and the oldest roller coaster in the world. And this is the first time that I can remember. So I, my first coaster bash was in 2011. It was my first ace event that wasn't a coaster con. This is the first time I can remember Lakemont coming to the park and really visiting with us, coming to edit that, coming to the event to talk about the park. And they were wonderful because they've gone through, Lakemont's gone through a big management change and they've changed their kind of the way they've done the park. There's less rides, but there's more things for families. They have two beautiful mini golf courses and they've really tried to highlight Leap the Dips and Skyliner as their two major things in the park. And Melanie was just wonderful, showing us all the things that they're doing for the community and families and the process of restoring the oldest roller coaster in the world every year. Uh, they, they were really great just talking about they're going to do holiday uh, lights on the lake again, which is their winter event. It's a drive through light show where Ace actually sponsored a light fixture last year, which was very cool. It actually... Cool. And all of them are marked as their sponsors. So it was a big old ACE logo yeah. right there, which is awesome. Uh, and then they showed us a lot of things that are coming for this year. So new merch, new website, you can order things online, new concessions at Penny Press. They're really going from a total 180 revamp from what Lakemont used to be to what they want it to be and what they see it in the future. They were really wonderful. And it's a very cute park if you have, ever get the chance to be in Altoona, Pennsylvania. It's very close to Del Grosso's. It's about 15 minutes from them, so you can hit them both at the same time. All right. That's a road trip right there. Yep. Add it into Kennywood. It's right in between Kennywood and Knobles. So if you're going across, that's an easy way to knock that's it off. That's a great right trip. That's a great trip right there. So then we get to what is really the big member award of the night. It's called the Golden Kenny. So it's a appreciation award for somebody in ace western pennsylvania who shows the enthusiasm of an ace member and that can mean a lot of things that can be you know somebody like let's use bill lincolnheimer or leanne drought as the example she's the publications director somebody who's been on the ec for years and is always a big time volunteer or that can mean somebody who runs registration at KennyCon every year and who is enthusiastic and a great ambassador for our organization. And those nominations are sent to Marie Ruby, one of the head people at Kennywood, and she goes through all the emails and all the letters and picks out somebody every year. Huh. Um, so we actually had two recipients this year. One was from the previous year, Matt Adler, who is a regional member. He's been an active member for a very, very long time. Uh, he got it last year, but because of COVID, he couldn't attend. So he actually got his physical award this year. Oh, and, then, and then 2023 was a very good friend of mine. Jason Ballard was the Golden Kenny recipient. He runs the Ace Western Pennsylvania Coaster Bash Photo Contest. He, this was actually the 10th year of it. So it was a nice little meeting up. And he's a very good friend of mine. He always sits with us or I sit with him because he has a table that he sells his pictures at. <laughs> so we're sitting there and it's always kind of fun because they read the letter without giving the person's name as the introduction, but you kind of figure out who it is as they read sure. the letter. So we're sitting there and I'm sitting next to his wife, Renee, and my buddy, Adam Carlini, and my mom, Tina. 
And we're all kind of looking at each other like, oh, could it be? And then they go, this person has run the photo contest for the past 10 years. And Jason's out in the lobby counting the photo. He's counting up because he's about to give a presentation for the winners of the photo contest. And Bill's like, hey, come in here. And we all look at each other at the same time. And we're like, oh, my God, it's Jason. So we got all excited. And and he's a super nice guy. He's always very supportive of Ace. He's one of those people that will uh, sit down for hours and talk to you about Ace and talk about what he thinks of parks. And he's always traveling and great photographer. So it was really awesome to see him win. And oh, congratulations, Jason. But he did one get of, to accept the award. He did. He was oh, told to come inside. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Bill was like, just come, just come in here. Don't ask questions. Like just walk right. <laughs> just come here. So uh, that that's always exciting. That's, that's an award that means a lot to a lot of people. I was lucky enough to win it in 2015, I think is when I won. And, and I'd only been a member for five years and it totally blew me away when I won. Uh-huh. Um, and it's one of those things that uh, people from Western Pennsylvania take a lot of pride in winning that award. Nice. That's uh, great. So then so we tell moved me about on this to... photo contest though, or are we going to get to that? Yeah. So we'll get to that because we're okay. getting close I don't miss to, it. I, th- okay. I think there's one presentation in between him and giving the awards. Let me check all my notes. Yes, there is. There's one in between. So we have a member, his name's Garrett Sowers. He works for Fox 53 in Pittsburgh and he gave us a little sneak preview. He is, he's a big co- Kennywood guy. He used to work at Kennywood when he was a teenager. He originally wanted to be in like newscasting, things like that. And then he got into the production side of it. He's like, wait, I really like this. So he's now working on a project with some of his coworkers going through old video backlogs of stuff that was shot at Kennywood since like the 70s and 80s. So we're working on a big project that's called The People of Kennywood. And some of this film is from, I don't know if a lot of people will know this, but Great Old Amusement Parks was a video produced from Fox 53 in Pittsburgh from for parks all over the country they had kennywood and lake compounds and santa cruz beach boardwalk and a whole bunch of places it was narrated by rick seaback who's a big western pennsylvania icon so some of that footage is from when they shot at kennywood and it's just interviews with workers from the 80s and 90s and their enthusiasm for the park and that was really interesting to see because some of those people who they're interviewing at the time or 2021, 20, 22, and they still work at the park. They're now managers. Nice. So that was a cool little preview. And then we get to the photo contest, which like I said, this is the 10th year now. So, and it's kind of been adopted in other regions, which is really cool. So we have a board, Jason sets it all up. People bring their photos and it's basically the same thing as the big version of it. We have a coaster con, the national photo contest. People vote on the pictures, there's usually about 30 or 40 entries at um, Coaster Bash. So it's still a fair amount of photos to choose from. Yeah. And it's usually recommended that we edit that. It's usually recommended that the winners, first, second, and third, automatically put their photos into the national contest in June. Uh, because it is, it's obviously, it's hard to win any of those things. Let You know, it's hard to win the national one, let alone your regional one. So yeah. we are very, very proud of that. And Jason's a great photographer and he does a great job. He runs this all by himself. He takes all the things in the morning, takes all the pictures, mounts them, sets them up, puts them on the board. He has his cutoff time. He counts all the votes and then he presents the trophies. Oh, wow. He's a, he stays busy during the day. Plus he's also so. selling his own photos during breaks. 
Wow. Yeah. So that that that's a big deal. And so who this won? year's this year's winners were uh, Michael Burks won from he's from Cleveland, and then Joel Bruton took first place with his photo of I'm pretty sure it was Steel Vengeance this year. Uh, Joel's won a few times. Joel Bruton is another. He's actually the official Ace Western Pennsylvania photographer. He takes some absolutely incredible pictures. Uh, a lot of people know him from, I think it was 2018. His He won first place in the national contest. His photo of Steel Vengeance, I'm pretty sure, was the header on a lot of the social medias. He's a really phenomenal photographer. Wow. Um, so this is usually this is usually the part of the night now that things get a little off the rails. It's about 9 45, 10 o'clock. We've all been in a room together for seven plus hours. And the big personality of Mr. Jeff Crowshore from Idlewild steps up to the plate. And Jeff, if you've never seen him present, is a really funny, likable guy. He'll have dance parties. He dressed up as the Riddler one year. He's dressed up as a princess before. He, he's brought glow sticks, everything. Jeff, you never know what you're going to get from Jeff. He's high energy. And he's normally the last presentation, but we had a special presentation after him um, that I'll explain once we get there. But they're doing a lot at Idlewild. Uh, Palace has really kind of shown their direction for all their parks with the revamp of Kennywood and of Lake Compounds and the changes they've made at Dutch Wonderland. So Palace has really shown their direction for their parks with their revamps of Kennywood, Castle Park, Dutch Wonderland, all of their big parks in the United States, Lake Compounds included in that. And Idlewild is starting to get their version. Now, if you've never been to Idlewild, it's a little different from the other main palace parks. It's very spread out. It's in the backwoods of Ligonier, Pennsylvania, which is southeast of Pittsburgh. It's about an hour southeast. And they have a ton of land. It's all in the woods. They have different sections like Hoot and Holler, which is kind of like their kids' Wild West section. <laughs> they used to have Mr. Rogers, which is now Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. So there's an extensive amount of land. So it's not like something like Kennywood that they can kind of easily change things because it's in a more restricted area. There's a lot of space at Idaho they have to deal with and change things. So one of the big projects they're working on is a lot of new wood on Roller Coaster, which is their family wooden coaster. That was one of their big projects this year. They're doing a lot of repainting in their water park, kind of that similar theme that you've seen at Kennywood and Lake Compounds, the very bright, vibrant colors, the big photo opportunities on buildings, all those kind of things. Um, they're doing a lot of storybook forest updates. That's something they're famous for. It's a walk, huge walkthrough attraction with live actors from different fairy tales. So Humpty Dumpty, Cinderella, uh, Sleeping Beauty, those kind of old stories are brought to life right in front of you with characters, a little Red Riding Hood. Oh, you you kind of get my idea. Yeah. That's getting a big, huge repaint. It's all outdoors. And obviously in Western Pennsylvania, it takes some wear and tear. Yeah. Huge revamp of that, new characters, more staff, different storyline, all these things. And that's something even as an adult, it's really fun to walk through and kind of take it all in. Yes. Uh, they still work a ton with the Fred Rogers Productions Corporation. So their transition from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood to Daniel Tiger in the past five, six years, they do a ton of work with them still. They're very active in the park. That's a one-of-a-kind experience yeah, taking sure. the trolley of make-believe through Daniel Tiger's world. 
what was formerly Mr. Rogers, but they have a lot going on. And like I said, Jeff's always high energy, always high fun. Um, but he wasn't last because our last presentation was from Mr. Jeff Felico, our special guest from Six Flags Fiesta, Texas. Nice. Now, to give a little background on this, because I mentioned it earlier, Jeff and Jeff are like the best <laughs> of friends. They used to obviously be co-workers when Jeff Felico was Kenny Wood's public relations director. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all still very close. They go on vacation together. They make jokes with each other. Um, so a large portion of their two presentations was essentially making fun of each other and dueling back and forth. <laughs> so, you know, we would be talking about, so let's, as we continue to go, we were talking about Dr. Diabolical at Fiesta, Texas, and how big of a deal that was for the 2022 season. And then there would just be a random video of Jeff Croucher dancing on the beach in Aruba. <laughs> like, like just total back and forth inside jokes that people from Western Pennsylvania always laugh at because we know how they are. They are the best of friends. They're always together when Jeff comes up. Um, but Jeff had a lot of stuff to talk about from Fiesta, Texas. They obviously have so many great things going on at their park. And unfortunately for him, we were running out of time. You can always tell when presentations get close to the end because Bill starts to slowly creep up towards the podium. He like starts uh, in the corner of the room and by the end he's right next to you. Like we so Jeff go, is wrap it up. Right. He's so Jeff's flying through all these things. I mean, they're doing huge improvements to Rockville this year, and they're obviously getting a new Paschetti Bowl coaster yeah. with the whole lighting package. So he was showing us where that's going in the park and the assembly process. I think they just got track on site like a week or two after he presented. So they're working on getting that ready. Um, they're doing the revamp of their water park into Hurricane Harbor. They got the third train commissioned for Iron Rattler, literally the day that Jeff was giving this presentation on oh, getting wow. the commission up. So he That's has- exciting. Oh yeah. I mean, he has a million things going on at that park and he's just slide after slide after slide hitting us with new things. And that is, if you've never been to Fiesta, Texas, I went, finally a couple of years ago because jeff would just send me tickets he's like hey are you ever going to come visit me and i was like eventually i was like nothing flies from pittsburgh <laughs> to san antonio oh, no. <laughs> so i finally got down there and it is him and jeffrey siever do an absolutely phenomenal job that is a park i highly recommend you get to if you haven't been there's so much going on and he showed us all the things that are happening and he teased a little bit into 2024 but it was essentially you know him jeffrey and a couple other people running around the park making like innuendos about what might be coming oh so who who knows what that could mean but you know the future is very bright at fiesta texas in their hands wow well what an event what a day yeah it's quite the day we have like i said the symphony of volunteers which shows all the volunteers everything involved in ace and then we kind of just wrap it up thank everyone for coming we do a free plug for KennyCon at that point when we have it all up on the screen and then it's time to break it down and go home so it's usually 2 to 11 Ooh. if you're volunteering it's even earlier than that it's it's quite the day but it's a lot of fun it's one of my favorite events of the year and i've never missed it since i first went and i've haven't been in Western PA the past two years. I lived in Virginia last year, made the drive up. And then this past year I flew down for the weekend. So I never miss it. It's a great time. 
Wow. Well, thank you for sharing your experience there. I feel like uh, we got the absolute right person to tell us all about it. So thank you, Adam. Absolutely. um, Now, I also hear that you went to the great Nor'easter. This was a little bit closer now to where you live. Yeah, Um, a little bit easier to drive an hour and a half down the street than take us three and a half hour flight from Pittsburgh to Baltimore, sit at the Baltimore airport and then Baltimore to Pittsburgh. This was a little bit easier. Now, this is quite a different event. This was not like a presentation heavy event, correct? Yeah. So this is a lot more informal. Um, Mm -hmm. This year it was held at the New England um, Carousel Museum, which Mm -hmm. is amazing. I had never been before. I didn't even know it was up here, honestly. Um, And a big thanks to Russo's on our regional rep and Dave Dragon, the vice president of ACE, for getting that location set up. They they did an awesome job. It's amazing. And I'll kind of get to that at the end. But we essentially had five or six main presentations. So we started with the Carousel Museum. Um, and, and this like is I in said, Bristol, Connecticut, by the way, yep. if anybody. Yes, Brist- mm-hmm. Yep, in Bristol. It's about 10 minutes from Lake Compound. So if okay. you just make a little trip over and they have a lot to see. It's one of those places, if you're into the history of carousels and amusement parks, yes. you could spend all day. I love carousels. So this is definitely on it's, my list. Somehow I've never missed this as well. It's amazing. So we started obviously with the carousel museum. They welcomed us in and just talked a little bit about the history of the place and going over how they obtain these things. And actually, uh, funny enough, a lot of their projects are either restoring carousel horses for parks. They actually had Lake Compounds horses in their restoration rooms. But also they do a lot of work for private carousel owners. Um, And they're actually in the process. carousel owners, like people have them in their house? Yeah, so some people (laughs) have individual horses that they get restored that are on a pole. But they also actually do work for people who own like land that have entire carousels that they restore. That's cool. Um, Yeah, so she talked about that a little bit. I mean, and these are people that spare no expense. I mean, she was talking about, I think one of the things that was mentioned, somebody asked, how much would it be to restore horse by horse on a carousel? Like the, if you privately owned an entire carousel in your backyard, start to finish. And she said per horse, just the horse, not the mechanics, not anything else. You're looking at about $2,500 to $3,000 a horse. Wow. Okay. So do the mental math of that in your head with the sure. carousel you're envisioning. <laughs> and you're like, wow. So but these people put a great amount of pride into their work. I mean, they take weeks to get into the whole process. She showed us a little bit about the process of restoring the horses and kind of, you know, cutting into them a little bit and putting cameras into them to check the innards to make sure there's no mold and there's no moisture, sanding them down and then restoring them and building pieces if they need to. It was fascinating to see it all. Um, And the exciting thing was then Russ stepped up to what we thought was going to be to introduce the first presentation from Park. Who's Russ? And Russ Ozana, the regional rep from New England. Great, thanks. And he surprised us by saying that not only was Ace making a donation to the Carousel Museum, but we were also adopting a carousel horse. Very cool. So Ace now has their own carousel horse at the museum that members of ACE will be able, from my understanding, will be able to help in the summer if they're local 
to volunteer just kind of cleaning up the horse, the area, restoring it. It's actually named Ace, which makes it the second Ace horse in the roller coaster family next to Tom Rebbies, the owner of PTC, the president CEO. His live horse Ace now has a brother slash sister, the carousel horse Ace. <laughs> um, but that That's was really so exciting. Cool. And anytime you get to see Ace's preservation efforts live in front of you is always something that just feels very rewarding. Absolutely. For those of you who are interested in visiting the Carousel Museum, their website is thecarouselmuseum.org. It looks like they're open Wednesdays through Saturdays from 10 to 5 and Sunday noon to 5. Um, so check their website and you do not have to make a reservation and it looks like they have tours and social media. Um, I'm definitely going to be following them. Uh, so yeah, they, I appreciate them uh, hosting this event. Yeah, it's a, it was a beautiful building. We actually have pictures up on ACES Facebook. If you go in the photo albums of the building and we toured it later, which I'll talk about a little bit, but it's, it's a beautiful place. If you're ever up here, I highly recommend it. We'll have the two fur up here, which is a day event that consists of quasi and lake compounds. Ooh. So you could stop into the carousel yeah. museum for a little bit before you come over from from quasi to lake compounds. It's a really, really beautiful place. So, so besides the presentation, um, what else happened at the event? So we had we had different presenters. So like all the regional places, Lake Compounds went first. They talked a little bit, but none of these are as extensive as Coaster Bath. These are sure. just kind of more little tidbits. But we had, they gave us a lot of free time to walk around on our own. We had a photo contest going on. We had lunch, which was from a local pizza shop. I can't, the name is slipping my head, but they did a phenomenal job. And ACE members can eat. If you didn't know that, the unofficial <laughs> ACE thing is all you can eat. <laughs> or I think a lot of people also say the American catering enthusiasts. So wow. whichever one you want to go with. Yeah. But they did a great job with that. They have their own photo contest that's actually run by the guys who run the national photo contest at CoasterCon. So they take the winning photos and automatically bring them into the national contest to be considered the top three candidates. Um but the highlight for me, beyond all the great park presentations, which I'll kind of talk about a little bit, was they gave us a tour of the museum. Nice. And this was at the end of the day. So we had already seen the presentation. So we had a lot of time to just kind of walk around and take it all in. And this place is absolutely beautiful. There are, it's so it's two floors. The second floor is a lot more, it's not usually as open to the public. Um, they have some things up there, but like a lot of that's their restoration areas. The bottom floor is a big circle with a couple different side rooms. It's all broken down by what kind of carousel horse. Is it American horse? Is it Coney Island style? Is it European? And you get to see so many different things. And you're not just seeing horses. You're seeing giraffes. You're seeing lizards. You're seeing giant birds with six feet long spread out wings that used to be on carousels. I mean, it is beautiful and extensive. Um, I have a couple pictures of running ostriches that would have been side by side on a carousel or a pig that a child would have ridden. So it's like a miniature pig that would have wow. been on a carousel. <laughs> it's really amazing all the work they do. And we got the full tour. So they took us into the restoration rooms which is kind of how we got up and close with some of the horses from Lake Compounds. 
we got to see they're still in, they, at this time they were still in the process of being restored and being ready to be sent back over to the park. Um, that was amazing. And then they have some big things going on. They've talked about having their own carousel on site. They have a mini one for kids, but they want to have a full blown one on site that they restore themselves and they do all the work for. Uh, they just bought buildings that are on the property. So they're hoping to expand. Uh, so there's a lot of exciting things going on in the carousel museum. Wow. That sounds amazing. So we had a couple presentations. So Lake Compounds was pretty short. They showed us a lot of the work that they did, very similar to Kennywood. They're getting that big, colorful, big photo opportunity, kind of in-your-face revamp that really livens up the park. They, they got it before Kennywood. They're still working on it. And their entrance is absolutely beautiful. And the big thing that they had got a lot of questions about was this was right after they announced the closure of wildcat for the 2023 season so not a lot was known about the project at the time they really didn't give us any information on it besides um somebody asked you're getting so close to your 100th anniversary of wildcat mm -hmm. why not wait and do this restoration and use it as your celebrating point and they decided that they couldn't essentially run the ride as it is. They've had problems with it for many years now in different facets. And their guest feedback was that it was still too rough for the common general public rider. Yeah. So they are taking it down for the year. They're doing a full restoration. I don't, probably when this comes out, there'll be more information. Obviously they didn't even know at this point who was going to do the whole project because they were still having people come in and like kind of look through it. Wow. So that'll be a big thing to look forward to in 2024. Um, Wildcat, obviously an ace roller coaster landmark. One of, I think it's still one of the top 10 oldest roller coasters in the world. Yeah. Um, and it's a beautiful centerpiece at Lake Compound. So I'm really looking forward to what they do with that. But that was their really big thing they talked about. They're getting... Uh, they're bringing their concert series back to the park. So there'll be a lot of cool concerts this year. They didn't have the lineup out at the time that they showed us, but they showed us the new stage and everything. That's going to be really exciting. And I know that draws a lot of people into the park. When we lived in Virginia last year, Busch Gardens Williamsburg does something very similar. Sure. And it draws a ton of people. So yeah, I'm really looking idea forward. for parks to do that if they have that space. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Lake Compounds because theirs is going to be set up. It's a floating stage in the water. So Ooh. you're going to be able to watch these from like the beach and the water park area. And that's really going to separate it from a lot of other places where you're just sitting in a big like amphitheater. So I'm really looking forward to that this summer. Um, then we had DJ from Dino's Wonder Wheel Park, who is a phenomenally funny guy if you've never met him. Um, his whole presentation was essentially showing us every aspect from conceptualization to opening day of Phoenix, their Vacoma family suspended coaster. And man, did they show us some interesting, funny things about like things being mismeasured and things they had to fix. And, you know, wow. one contractor saying, oh, yeah, no, that's in the right spot. And another contractor being like, no, that's definitely not in the right spot. Oh, and DJ talked a lot about how the family is so hands-on. I mean, him and his yeah. relatives are out there every day during this process, measuring footers and making sure that 
all the permits are up to snuff. And he even showed us early conceptional things of different ride options. So they had looked into, just to use one example, an RMC Raptor, which would have fit on the land until, I don't remember, one of the permits was essentially they needed to have like a walking area, like a tunnel area that would walk through the park that would connect one side to the other with the ride being in like over top of it. Sure. And the Raptor prototype didn't fit that requirement from New York State. So they couldn't do that. So he yeah. he really broke it down for us from like step one to the very end. Um, and then he also gave us a little gift. All the people in attendance got a rechargeable fun card to be Ooh. used at the park during preservation con or, or whenever we get to visit. Very cool. Um, I love it. So they also do something similar. They do a national update. Russ gives a very similar presentation to what Bill gave. Um, these can be changed a little bit more from winter event to winter event. This one was pretty similar just because they were a week apart from each other. Um, not too much more information given out. Very similar new merch, 45th anniversary of ACE, all the good stuff. They do door prizes as well. Um, I was lucky enough to get uh, Canopy Lake tickets, which I'm super excited about. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite little parks in the whole Me country. And I, I just love that it looks like Roller Coaster Tycoon when you walk around. <laughs> it really um, it, it really, with if you've never been, they, their food stands are literally like Roller Coaster Tycoon, popcorn yeah. and <laughs> things like that. Um, so then Quasi came for a little bit and they got a water coaster in 2022. So that was a big thing for them. Their water park, that was a huge upgrade. For where them. is this? Uh, this is in Waterbury, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. um, they're known for Wooden Warrior, which was one of the first Gravity Group family coasters. It was built in, I think, 2013, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, yes, because it was open the first year we had pre-con up here before New England's Coaster Con in 2013. Um, so they're working on an extensive amount of projects looking into new ride opportunities. Um, one thing that they are talking about is this is one of those parks similar to Knoebels. You don't have to have admission to walk around in the park. A lot of it is the Quasi Lake that's right there, and it's a very pretty little park. They're looking into maybe having a different ticket option for security purposes and being a little just or even more for their own basis they talked about security but also they want to be able to track a little better okay people mm -hmm. right because you can see it all right so so many people rode wooden warrior because it's all tracked through the wristbands and scanning them but that doesn't give you a good indication of well how many people are in the park this day right food sales yeah. whatever so that so they're looking into that option um and Quasi is a really cute park, and I'm really excited about the future that they're going towards. I think they're really trying to revamp into a little bit more of a standalone amusement park and really kind of, I think, start to compete with the bigger parks around them. They want to be they want to be on the map, and Wooden Warrior was, I think, their first step, and now they're taking other steps. And the thing that I thought was interesting was somebody straight up asked, do you see another roller coaster? in your plans and he was very honest with us he said maybe and normally you know you'll kind of get the politically correct answer sure. or like the i'm gonna give you an answer without giving you an answer i'm a right. sports guy so I, I always call it like coach <laughs> talk where they ask you a, they ask a question and they 
basically say five minutes and don't actually give you an answer to your question. Yeah, I'm a former reporter. I'm also very aware. <laughs> yeah, so you totally know what I mean. And, but he was very, he was like, yes, I could see it in our future plans. It just all comes down to money and land and all the things that he, he made a joke. He's like, all the things that DJ talked about earlier this morning, we all have to go through that process. Yeah. Um, so quasi again i always like to give my shout outs to all the parks great little place if you've never been and like i said come up for the connecticut twofer in july it's a great ace nice. event where you get to do quasi in the morning and lake compounds at night um so then we got to the big presentation which obviously six flags new england jen mcgrath goes all out she is one of the most energetic happy people i think in the entire amusement industry she was fired up from the second she sat she was in the same row as me we were just kind of sitting watching the presentations she was as fired up when she got there at 10 o'clock as she was when she stepped on stage at two she was ready to go and they obviously are doing a lot of restoration work in their park and this is something i think we've seen throughout the six flags chain a lot less of the old kind of branding on things and kind of like a I'd say, I guess you'd call it like a cheesier look. Mm -hmm. And they're really trying to focus on, we don't need to brand other things in our parks. We're Six Flags. We are the brand. Like, so they're doing a lot of repainting, a lot of rebranding of things, trying to bring more of the Six Flags experience into the park. Did she give specifics? So, Is there something specific? Yeah, so there? it's so it's a lot of like trying to give, the one thing she talked about a lot was more of an open concept park. She talked about it when they travel between Six Flags parks and have their meetings. One thing they really wanna see in parks is open spaces, less clutter. Mm. So a lot of things she talked about was uh, their Rockville area, which is very similar to Six Flags Fiesta, Texas. Uh, the area has a 1950s theme to it set up. It has a lot of the cues for food right in the front of the area so the walkways become narrowed and there was space that they looked at and said well, why don't we have these on the side of the building so when people walk down this area it's more open it's more inviting you don't have these two huge lines that are narrowing the space for the walkway um so they're working on things like that a lot of repainting a lot of changing restaurants they're really trying to bring new food options into the park beyond just the standard chicken tenders fries things like yeah. that um they're doing a huge what what i kind of got from her was they're building their new dinosaur attraction in the kids area where it's getting like a full immersive oh, yeah. rebrand mm -hmm. i get the sense that that's only step one of their plans for things like this like and you're seeing it all over the industry the more themed experience not just Here's a big 300 foot roller coaster. There's a story behind it. There's there's process to standing in the queue and understanding the story all the way up to the final ending of the story, let's say, the conclusion of the story. Mm -hmm. And then you get on the ride and you experience what they're going for. Um, and they're really, they're, they're trying to get a more cohesive feel for the parks where each Six Flags park has its own stronger identity. That was one of the things she really talked about was, we are going to be more of a unique experience now at Six Flags New England 
you will get a different experience when you go to Six Flags Great Adventure or Fiesta Texas or whichever park you go to. You will feel like you are getting a one-of-a-kind experience based on the aesthetic look of the park and also internally when you start to see new things happen, new painting, new changes, new branding, things like that. They are doing a lot of the things that you are also seeing at other parks. They're doing the Spring Scream Fest events with the early indoor haunts going on in the specialty events. That's what it is. Thank you. Um, I'm very excited now that I live up here that I get to see Six Flags New England because I had only been, I think, once in between 2013 and last year when I moved up here. So I'm very excited to kind of see it as my home park. Um, give Give a different perspective. Like I, again, I lived in Virginia last year. I had never seen Bush Gardens year round. So I got a totally different perspective of what that was like to have that as a home park. And I'm really excited to see all these parks, Six Flags, New England, Lake Compounds, Canopy, Quasi, from a whole new light that I've never gotten to see them in. That's so exciting. I'm excited for you. You've uh, moved to yet another good area with some with some great parks. And yeah, I'm just sort of in my head right now about Six Flags New England, and I'm excited. I want to do a little more research and dig a little more. But what a great event that was, too, the Great Nor'easter. Um, yes. Um, oh, one thing to note, uh, this is about the Carousel Museum. So they were generous enough for the 2023 calendar year that if you bring your ACE card at any time, you will have free admission to the museum. What? Oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah, so that's a very nice park. Like I said, they were wonderful. It's a beautiful place. They have a lot of cool stuff going on. You know, come up to New England, visit all the parks, visit the Carousel Museum. It's a really great place, and I'm hoping to get back there soon. They're always looking for volunteers, too, if you live in the area. Oh, nice. All right. Well, thank you to the Carousel Museum. And Adam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk to me about these two great ACE events. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. It's been it's been really awesome. I love to talk about ACE events. I'm passionate about the organization. I look forward to what 2023 has for all of us. And now here are the upcoming ACE events for May 2023. First up, Thursday, May 4th, we have an online event, a young adult pre-con meetup. As we look forward to CoasterCon 45 in Dollywood and Carowinds, this is an opportunity for young adults to get together to chat, bond, learn about some of the meetups scheduled for CoasterCon in their age group, and maybe even schedule some meetups of their own. And speaking of CoasterCon 45, which will be in Dollywood and Carowinds this year in June, registration for that starts this month, so make sure you keep a lookout. But back to the May events, Saturday, May 6th, it's West Coast Acers, a regional event hosted by Ace Pacific Southwest at Six Flags Magic Mountain. There's going to be exclusive ride time, a backstage tour, and more just for Ace members and their guests. You must register to participate and there is a fee. Also on Saturday, May 6th, over in Ace, Florida, it's a Bush Gardens Tampa meetup. Then on Monday, May 8th, there's a pre-con pride meetup online. Then on Saturday, May 13th, a SeaWorld Orlando meetup hosted by Ace Florida. On May 20th, it's clowning around at Dorney Park hosted by Ace Eastern Pennsylvania. This event is only for Ace members and their guests. You do have to register online and it's going to be a fun day of friends, food, behind the scene tours, morning ERT on Thunderhawk, Possess, and Monster. And y'all, there's a whack-a-mole contest. 
You have only until Thursday, April 27th to register. So hop on there soon if you want to win that whack-a-mole contest. On Thursday, May 25th, another online event that's a pre-con meetup. This one's for families. If your family is planning on going to CoasterCon, this one is for you. May 27th and 28th, hosted by Ace South Central, it's SchlitterCon at Schlittervon, New Braunfels. Also on May 27th, who's excited for Zambezi Zinger? Ace Around the World 2023, hosted by Ace Heart of America at Worlds of Fun. Let's get there, celebrate the park's 50th anniversary, and be among the first riders to experience the new Zambezi Zinger wooden roller coaster. Held over Memorial Day weekend, this is going to be the perfect way to start unofficially summer in the Midwest. Attendees are going to experience an unforgettable international expedition that includes a backstage tour, catered lunch, and nighttime ERT on Zambezi Zinger. There are sure to be other surprises throughout the day that are yet to be discovered, and as an added bonus, Oceans of Fun will be opening for the season during your visit, allowing attendees to take a few trips around the Lazy River or cool off with a midday visit to the Surf City Wave Pool. I hope y'all get good weather. And finally, hosted by Ace Eastern Great Lakes on May 28th, it's Timbers Fest at Michigan Adventure. They are bringing back Timbers Fest on Sunday, May 28th for a one-time only event after a 12-year hiatus. So don't miss this event. It's a very rare opportunity of ERT on shivering timbers. And you get a Timbers Fest t-shirt. More information on all of these events are always available at ridewithace.com under the events calendar, and that's where you'll register for the events as well. And to make sure that you don't miss out on your region's special events, follow them on Facebook and Instagram and wherever Ace is. Look for at Ride With Ace on TikTok, on Discord, all of the socials really, so you can be on top of all of these great events. And if you're not a member of Ace yet, what are you waiting for? Check out RideWithAce.com to join our great organization and be invited to all of these fabulous events. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Ride With Us is produced by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, a registered 501c3 organization. Visit RideWithAce.com for additional information, and we will see you at the parks.